Likutei Sichais, Chelik Tezayin, Volume 16, the second Sicha for Parshas Yisrael. This Sicha is an amazing insight into the transmission of Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu. Its effect, exactly what and how happened, and also its everlasting effect for all future generations. So in our Parsha, it tells us the story how Yisrael witnessed Moshe Rabbeinu, quote, judging the, the nation, judging the people. And as the Pasuk describes it, they were standing over Moshe, from morning until evening. So Yisrael says to his son-in-law, Moshe, he says to him, All you and all the people that are with you, are you going to wear yourself out? This is impossible. This is unsustainable. And he gave him the suggestion, he gave him the advice of the Ato Sechze, you should see and appoint the appropriate people who will be the ones to judge the nation, to judge the people all the time, Bechol Ace. And only, he said, the Dover Hagodel, the bigger things, the big issues, the big matters that they will bring to you. And Hashem agreed, and that's what they did. So, of course, the question, and this is actually a question that's brought up in several of the prominent Mephorshe HaToyra, like the Abarbanel, the Shach on the Torah, and they asked the obvious question. Moshe Rabbeinu was the Raya Mehemna. Moshe Rabbeinu is the faithful shepherd. And as we all know, he was the one who was able and capable and indeed did see to the needs of each and every individual. How is it possible that this idea did not occur to Moshe? In other words, how is it possible that Moshe set out to do something which would have, in the words of Yisrael, and it obviously is also the way Hashem feels about it, because Hashem agreed, would have worn the people out. And Dafka Yisrael, somebody who came as a stranger, somebody who came to join the fold, to join the ranks of Am Yisrael, he was the one who noticed it, and not Moshe himself. And the Rebbe actually, in brackets, puts in a very interesting adage that we know, it's in Yiddish. Uh, incidentally, the Sikh is in Yiddish. That goes, that agast of a vile, zet of a mile. Which in English would mean, a guest for a while, means for a short while, sees for a mile. Means he sees a greater distance. That there's sometimes there are things that when you're in this situation, when you're present here all the time, they're so obvious, but you just don't see it. Says the Rebbe, that's true. This adage has a lot of truth to it, but it does not apply here. Why not? Because you cannot apply it to Moshe Rabbeinu. A, we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, and B, he's the faithful shepherd. How is it possible that something like this should just kind of pass him and Moshe should not notice this? And therefore, this has to lead us to the conclusion that Moshe indeed did see what Yisrael saw. Moshe indeed was aware of this quote-unquote potential problem. However, the way Moshe perceived the situation, in other words, as far as his madrega coming from his level, from the level of Moshe, 
then the true reality was that this was not a threat, this was not an issue, and that it had to be done this way in the way that Moshe did it, and that's why he did it this way. In other words, Moshe, the way he perceived the situation, the way he saw things, and the way things wore Mitzad Moshe, this was the right way to do it. And the proof for it, that Rebbe says you can actually see in what Chazal tell us. Chazal tell us that the reason why Yisroi was named Yisroi, in other words, we know that Yisroi had more than one name, he had seven names, and each one had a reason. The reason for Yisroi is because he added, Yisroi comes from the word Yeser, which means to add, he added a portion of the Torah. Now, notice this new, even though it's just a nuance, but it's so important. Notice that it doesn't say he, quote-unquote, revealed a part in the Torah. We do find that there were several people who had a schus that through them, a part of the Torah was revealed. For example, the concept of Pesach Sheni, or the story with the daughters of Tzlovchot. As it says, quote, Hashem says, it was written already before me in heaven, but they merited to reveal it. But in this case, it doesn't say Yisroi because he's not called Yigala, he's not called Nigla, that he's somebody who's revealed a concealed part of the Torah. Rather, it seems to imply that Yisroi actually, as if, so to speak, generated a new thing in the Torah. At least new for Moshe Rabbeinu. Meaning up to the point that Yisroi revealed this and Hashem agreed to it and it became part of the Torah, it didn't exist in the Torah way. It didn't exist, so to speak, in the Torah world. And therefore, what Moshe Rabbeinu was doing was correct up to that point. If that's the case, then back to the question. Another question, a more stronger question. If that was the truth, that was the reality, as Torah was concerned up to that point, then where exactly did this come from? In other words, where did Yisroi's question come from? And not only it came from somewhere, but it's a valid question, and it's one that Hashem agrees with. So the Rebbe says, in order to understand this, let's take a look at the, uh, the, the chronology. Let's take a look when this happened. This happened after Yom Kippur, meaning it happened after they received the second set of Luchos. True, Moshe received an abundance as far as Torah is concerned. The whole Torah Shabbat Peh, all the Midrashim, all the insight, all the Halachis, all the Agadites, everything. But things changed. However, as far as Moshe perceived the Yidin, as far, he, as far as he saw the Yidin, Moshe felt that he is able, not only able, but he has to teach the Yidin still in the same way he did till now. In other words, Yisroi correctly argued that Moshe should not be teaching them. In other words, Moshe should not be relating to the Yidin as the reality that existed pre the sin of the ego and before the second luchas. Moshe Rabbeinu should look at them as they are now. Yisroi argued that Moshe's evaluation, his estimation of the Yidin is not correct. 
And this is similar to something that actually happened during Matan Torah itself. Already during Matan Torah itself, we find that the Yidin said something to Moshe. They argued something to Moshe. And Moshe, after receiving the green light from Hashem, he agrees with them. However, he bemoans the fact, at least he seems to bemoan the fact, that this actually weakened him. Where do we see it? In Parshas Ve'eschanon, by the end of the 40 years, when Moshe Rabbeinu reminds the Bnei Yisrael of everything that transpired, and then of course, one of the highlights of all the events was Matan Torah. And he tells them that you came to me after you heard Hashem's booming voice. And you said to me, we cannot tolerate this. We cannot hear Hashem's voice and survive it. And therefore, what did you say? Ve'at tedaber elenu. And you, and in the word at, they didn't say ato in the masculine, they said at in the feminine. Why would the Torah present it in such a way? Why would Moshe remind them of this? So Rashi even brings this. The Chazal tell us that Moshe was telling, to the, telling them that you actually made me feel weak. You hitashtem koichik in the keva. You made me feel like a, you gave me like a feminine feeling that I suddenly became softer and weaker in order to accommodate you. Yes, Hashem said, they're correct. They're speaking the right thing and we will do it this way. I will speak to you and you will transmit it to them. And over here too is the question, what happened here? Were the Yidin right? Were the Yidin wrong? If they're wrong, Hashem wouldn't agree with it. If they're right, why didn't Moshe see it? The answer is that Moshe Rabbeinu was not mistaken. When he, when he expected, when he hoped that the Eden will hear it directly from Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu was looking. In other words, he, he, he perceived B'nai Yisrael the way they are on a, truly on a high level. Meaning, he had full and realistic expectations that they are able to hear it directly from Hashem. However, the problem is that the reason why they were capable of hearing it directly from Hashem, when Moshe saw them, when Moshe was perceiving them, is precisely because Moshe was looking at them. In other words, the fact that Moshe was connecting to them, the fact that Moshe was presently looking and perceiving them, actually elevated them. And in that, in that moment, in that point, indeed they were capable of hearing Hashem. So then what's the, what's the B'nai Yisrael's argument for not doing so? Their argument was that since the Torah is something that they need to quote-unquote receive, they need to absorb it. They need to bring it into their reality. The reality that Moshe sees them in is not their reality. It's the reality that becomes when Moshe sees them, when Moshe looks at them, when Moshe connects to them. But when they are who they are, they're not on that level. They're not capable of, 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 of um, tolerating such a tremendous revelation of you know, Hashem himself speaking directly to them. And their desire was that they should connect to the Torah. It should be a true connection. It should be a real connection. It should be something that comes from them and connects to them. And that's Hashem agreed with. That Hashem said, yes, they are correct in what they are saying. And now we can also also understand 
the reaction of Moshe, the expression that he uses. Notice that Moshe did not use an expression of pain. He didn't say, you pained me. He didn't say, you caused me grief. He said, you caused me chalishus, a weakness of my strength. That's not a negative, actually. What he was saying to the Yidin was, because Hashem now set in motion this plan, that what? That he will speak to me and I will speak to you. I will become the intermediary between Hashem and you. You're not going to hear it directly from Hashem. You're going to remain in your level and receive it from me. Will I receive it from Hashem? I had to lower myself. I had to, so to speak, turn the volume down. I had to, I had to kind of deflate my energy, my spiritual energy, in order to be able to properly... Uh, convey it to you in order to be able to properly connect it to you and be the true and ultimate intermediary that Hashem wants me to be. Now we can understand what happened over here in our discussion, meaning in our case, the case where Moshe was sitting and judging the people. When Moshe received the second Luchais, he was in the mindset or he truly believed, and perhaps this was reality, again, the way Moshe perceived the Jews, that the Jews are still on the level of receiving it directly from him. Now, why is that a benefit? Of course, it wasn't ego. It wasn't that he wanted to be the sole transmitter of the Torah. Rather, Moshe wanted the best for the Yidin. He wanted them to receive the Torah in the absolute best manner. And he knew that he is the one who heard it from Hashem, he is the one who got it directly from the source. And what better way of giving the Yidin the full entirety and integrity of the Torah, if not him who got it directly from Hashem. Since he received it directly from Hashem, he is the best person to transmit it to them without any interruption, without any filter at all. To put it in Hasidic terms, Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah in a manner of re'iyah, of vision. We know that there's a difference between re'iyah and shmiyah, hearing something or seeing something. The level of Moshe's reception of the Torah was in a manner of re'iyah that it becomes real, it's vivid, it's something which connects to you in the ultimate way, in the ultimate manner. So Moshe felt, if he's going to teach some chachamim, and they're going to go and teach the Torah to the Yidin, there's already going to be somewhat a dilution there's going to be a filter already. It's going to become somewhat lost. That impact that he can share with the Eden will not be there. And therefore he felt that if he was the one to teach them, then it's going to be the best for them, meaning that they are going to receive the Torah in the best possible manner, in the best way that a Yid can receive the Torah. And this is the Chidush, this is really the novelty of what Yisroi realized, and that's why it required someone like Yisroi to come and say, Moshe, this is not the right thing. I get what you're trying to do, and it's a fantastic thing that you're trying to do, but it's not going to be the right thing for them. And it's not the right thing, as we'll soon see, for the future of Torah. You see, Yisroi was a ger. He was a stranger. He came from a totally different place. So when he came in, he didn't see the Yidin from Moshe's vantage point, so to speak, from Moshe's view coming from the top and elevating the Yidin by perceiving them in a certain way. He saw them in the reality that they were. 
you know, he, like you could say, he, you know, he had his feet on the ground. And therefore, he saw the Yidden not on this great elevated state that Moshe sees them. And that's why he argued, look, when it comes to Mishpat, when it comes to judging the Yidden, what is judgment? When people have issues between themselves, people have matters that they need to be resolved. They need to have resolved. They have litigations. They have fights. They have, they have um, you know, uh, uh, misunderstandings. They have disputes. Moshe, if you are going to be the one to do it, they will never ever get to resolve their matters. They're never ever going to really get to be themselves and to be themselves. Why? It's just like imagine for us. It's imagine two chassidim have a little dispute, and you're going to go bring it. Not a regular rov, not a bezdin. You stand in front of the rebbe. In front of the rebbe, you're silent. You don't have anything to say. You're bottle. Not only you're bottle. You're in an elevated state of kedusha. That those little problems that you had with your friend, the fights that you had, and the misunderstandings and the disputes, they fall away. So Moshe, he says, if you're going to be the one to judge them then they're not going to be themselves. They're not going to be in their zone, in their reality. Then it's not going to be something they can receive. They won't receive. There won't be anything. And they'll never really get to absorb Torah. They're never going to get really to uh, incorporate Torah into their lives, into their reality. However, as far as learning Torah, which he called the Dover Hagodl, the grand things, the big things, giving them you know, the, 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 the direction of Torah, that you should do. Because that they need to hear from the source. That they need to hear from you who heard it from Hashem. And Hashem agreed to this. Why did Hashem agree to this? Because Hashem knew what Moshe Rabbeinu did not know yet. Remember at that stage, at that point in time, it was still the expectation was that Moshe Rabbeinu will take the Eden there to Yisrael. And if he leads them into Eretz Yisrael, this will be the ultimate coming to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu will always be with them. So Moshe Rabbeinu didn't see a need to delegate, so to speak, this authority of teaching Torah, because he's always going to be there. So he's always going to be there to elevate the Yidin, and always going to be there to teach the Yidin, and there's no problem. But Hashem knew the future. And Hashem knew that there'll come a time when things will change. And Moshe will not be bringing the Yidin to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, if he will not be bringing the Yidin to Eretz Yisrael, the Yidin will certainly be on a much lower level than they are now. Because they won't have Moshe actively elevating them all the time to his level, or close enough to his level. And therefore, Hashem said, yes, this is the right way to go. However, if this is the right way to go, why is it that Yisrael says to him, no, no, you have to do it. In other words, why couldn't they just, you know, put together an advisory board of all the Skenim, including Aaron Akayin, and they should choose all the, all the leaders, all the judges, all the teachers, and so on. Why is it that he specified, you should see to it, you should choose. And interestingly, what does Rashi say when he says, and you should in, you should view, you should see. Rashi says you should see with your Ruach HaKodesh. You should pick the right people. Ruach HaKodesh is not just what you see in the present, but Ruach HaKodesh means that you have divine guidance that helps you choose the proper people. The guidance that Moshe Rabbeinu has, the Ruach HaKodesh that Moshe Rabbeinu has to truly pick the right, correct people for the task. Because everything in Torah 
has to go through Moshe. As we know, even the Gemara says, that even Kol Masha Talmud Vasek Asik Lechadesh, that even in any future generation, a diligent student is going to be Mechadesh. What does Mechadesh mean? Comes up with a novel idea in the Torah. What does novel idea mean? Something new. It was never there before. Even that was said to Moshe, Beruach HaKodesh in Har Sinai. It's just that nobody, that's a whole discussion itself, but nobody picked up on it, so to speak. Let's just put it in simple words. Nobody ever realized it. Nobody ever noticed it. It was there all the time. Because if it doesn't go through Moshe, it isn't Torah. But notice what he said to him. Notice how he said to him, I mean. If you look at the word, anybody who knows, Losha in HaKodesh, of course, it's in the Torah. But you know, this is not pure, authentic Lashon HaKodesh. In Lashon HaKodesh, it should have been Ve'ata Sir'eh, and you shall see. Sechze, Chizoyon, this is already an Aramaic word. This is already a word of Targum. Why did he say that? Because it has to all go through Moshe Rabbeinu. But if it would go through Moshe Rabbeinu, in a manner of Sir'eh, as Moshe Rabbeinu is in a level of Lashon HaKodesh, without, as we said before, Moshe Rabbeinu lowering somewhat the volume, lowering somewhat the capacity, in order to relate better to them, to give it to them in the level that they are on, so to speak, stepping down, then it wouldn't have that effect. Again, we'll be back to the problem that Yisrael was pointing out to Moshe. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu himself, so to speak, had to see it not in a way of Re'iyah, but already through a way of Targum, in a way, in a lower, in a step down, and that way to transmit it to the Yidin. And this also helps, uh, helps us understand better why the entire Parsha, even the part where we receive the Torah, is called Yisrael. Why? Because if we come, why isn't it called Moshe? Moshe is the one who gave us the Torah. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, being on the level that he was, being on the level that he perceived the Jews to be on, we would never have the Torah as you and I, as we live in the reality that we live in. Only because it went through, so to speak, a Yisroi. It went through somebody who came in and contributed. And somebody who saw it from, from, from the bottom up, so to speak. Somebody who was able to draw Moshe down out of his reality to our reality, that's how we have the Torah. That's how we have what we have. And this is actually the ultimate purpose of the Torah. Because really a question can be asked here. In the final chapter, the Rebbe asks, oh, so this is all a negative? In other words, is this all somewhat of a loss of standard? It seems to be. Based on everything we explained, the Yidn were lower, Moshe had to go lower. This all had to be revealed through Yisrael. So it's all the Yerida. It's all like we're, we're, we're in a secondary standard. It's almost like plan B. Is that it? Says the Rebbe, not at all. If you look at it from the Pnimi in Yonim, you say, Adarab. It's just the opposite is the truth. That it's when, he quotes from the Mitle Rebbe. Mitle Rebbe is a line, the Dafke, when you elevate a Yid from the very lowest, do you reach the very highest. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't lose anything. We also didn't lose anything. By Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, lowering himself a little lower to elevate us, to give us the Torah in such an impactive way, he didn't lose, we didn't lose, 
In fact, through this, we're able to reach even higher. And this is similar along the lines that the Rebbe quotes from the Mimer Basilagami. He calls it the Yorzeit Mimer of the Friedrich Rebbe. Where Vadir he says that when do you see the greatest treasures, the Bizbuza Oitzras, when do you see a total and absolute, what we call a waste, the throwing out of all the most precious treasures, Dafka when it comes to winning the war, and Dafka to who? To the foot soldiers. You give them everything. You give them all the resources, even beyond anything that's ever released in normal circumstances. And that explains that Dafka, because Moshe Rabbeinu lowers, and he's able to reach even the lower element of the Jewish people, and Dafka, because it was revealed to Yisrael, ultimately we get even more and even higher than we would have otherwise.